Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Unquenched Servants podcast. This is the second episode ever. Woo! We made it past the first one. Uh, hopefully, my this is coming up on all platforms at the same time now. The first time through Anchor, uh, I had to wait for it to connect to a bunch of different services. I think the last one that isn't is Apple Music or, you know, Apple, iTunes, whichever, however you want to put it. Um, but one thing that's really neat that I noticed about uh, Anchor is that uh, that sorry, I'm having a brain fart. You, uh, bear with me on this episode. I just woke up from a nap and I'm pretty out of it. But I wanted to get this episode in before I go away tomorrow. Um, but one thing I really I noticed about Anchor. Uh, I don't know if you remember in the first episode where I was talking about how I wanted to have it where this was uh, notice where the apostrophe is on uh, unquenched servants um, podcast and. Uh, one thing that I thought was really neat that Anchor has is if you go and you listen or you go to the page through Anchor.fm or the Anchor app, um, you can actually record responses. Like you, the listener, can go in and like let's say I say something and you disagree with it or you agree with it or there's something you want to say, something you want to add. You can go in and you can record a little something to send and then I can listen to it. And then depending on how it, what it is or whatever, I can then the next episode have those clips and then respond to them. And then that kind of makes it one way where this is a little bit of a back and forth type thing. Another way that we can make that happen is I did start a Discord. Uh, not necessarily, I don't want to put the Unquenched Servant's name on it, uh, even though if I did it would be with this apostrophe in the same place. Um, I didn't want to make it an unquenched servants thing as much as I wanted to make it like a, uh, anyone who's a content creator or consumer of Christian content. Uh, I wanted there to be a Discord in place for that. And my heart behind this Discord is that people who do record podcasts, and I'm not doing it on this episode, but on, on future episodes, once we get a bigger, a lot more people on it, a few more people even, uh, I want to have it so that, you know, you can create, uh, for those who don't know, real quick, this is important. Discord is a, a communications app, kind of like Slack, but for gaming. Uh, kind of a revamp of Skype or, or TeamSpeak, if you remember that. Uh, for those of those who don't know, it's it's basically just a place where you can go, you can chat, you can you can have a audio discussion, you can have voice discussions. Um, and so with that, you know, I, I get that a lot of people are like, well, that's just one more thing I got to add to the things that I take part in. And it's, Well, no, no, not necessarily. You know, I don't want people to feel like this is a new a new thing that they, you know, it's a check it as you as you will respond to things as you feel necessary. You can uh, I, I hope to have a lot of text channels on there ranging different subjects. So that if there's something that you specifically can are more interested in or want to discuss, you know, the, that goes there. And um, and then with the, the voice channel thing, I want it so that, you know, if you were about to record a podcast and you want to have a guest, right, you can create a, a voice channel or you, you just want to do solo even. You've created a voice channel um, and then no one, people can join it, but they won't be able to speak. And then they can listen to you. And then if you did have someone you wanted to be a guest, you can give them permission to talk. And this kind of allows it to be kind of this um, 
this kind of like recording studio, uh, but kind of cross-platform. And it allows for the podcast format to have a little bit more of a live feeling to it without actually being live. Because if I made it so, if we, if it was so that, you know, anyone who joined that voice channel could speak, that would get really annoying and the podcast would never get done. But if I wanted to have three or four people on that kind of have like a roundtable discussion... And at the same time, we could have live listeners who then, in a text channel that's relating to that chat, to that voice chat, you know, it's, they, they get created together almost. Uh, that would be what would happen. Um, then they could put in that text chat, like, different responses to things. And so then instead of having to wait the four days for, one, you to release the podcast, and then two, people to actually listen and then and then get, you know... Let's say there's one listener that you have that you like always has really good insight. You can get that from them immediately instead of having to wait for them to eventually listen to the podcast. And I think that would be this is just a really neat idea. Um, I would love to see it kind of flourish. Uh, I'm working on different stuff for it now, and I'll have the link in the in the description uh, for you to join the Discord. And uh, Discord is free, and again, it's not, I'm not asking, I'm not expecting people to devote so much time to it, but it kind of allows, because um, a lot of what I see in being mainly an Instagram kind of, in a, the Instagram culture, is that there's a lot of people who have these discussions in private text, or private messages rather, or in comment sections. And then the problem with that is it becomes so unperson impersonal for everybody else. You know, if I have a discussion with someone on one of my pictures of like a book, people just scrolling through aren't going to check the comments to see what's the discussion that's happening, which is what the whole comment section is about. But whereas if there's a Discord chat um, for all Christian content creators or consumers, and the reason I, I have consumers as such a big part is, is if it's just a bunch of the creators getting together, it's it's... What, what is that, you know? Um, and so it allows for the creators to get a, f uh, a feel of their audience even better, to get new audience. Um, it allows for those who might have a bigger audience to then transfer that over to other of the Christian uh, creators who... Um, you know, and that's what that's what this is all about. It's about unity. It's about being together. It's about being the church. And... Um, and so I think that's actually kind of a really good branch into what uh, today's uh, episode is about. And it's, it's possible that I'm going to do another episode on this, on this uh, idea. Um, but the, the episode is about to what end. Uh, what I want to talk about is the, the phrasing, the idea of to what end. To what end do we do things, you know? And so the reason I want to do multiple episodes potentially is because this is such a wide-ranging um, poop. Uh, it's such a wide-ranging topic, and so I think if I had to guess, a bunch of listeners currently are thinking like, "Oh, he's gonna, you know, he's talking about this," and then they're gonna be surprised when I don't, uh, when that is not what I do, and. Um, yeah, so the, to what end? And, and where I'm coming from in this for today, uh, not to reference the band for today, which I haven't listened to in ages. I don't know why I brought that up. But uh, one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up 
is because one of the things that I've noticed in getting further and further into the Instagram Christian culture, um, where we're not, we're not, you know, it's, it's interesting because when I say I'm an Instagrammer, I'm not the one like taking pictures on the beach and like always the pictures of the food and, and even those who follow me, like it's interesting because I post pictures of the things I'm reading, but I'm not really setting out to make it look pretty. Um, and I think it's good. Don't get me wrong. I think those who, those, uh, Instagrammers who are Christian, who are posting books that they read and posting reviews of it, who spend the time or the, the, the minimal effort to make it look pretty. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And I'm not saying that they're wrong in doing that. I'm just saying that, uh, I, I think it's good to have occasional people where we understand that it's the... It's the heart of things uh, and not the overall thing. And so that, that I think is really important. But um, where was I going? Oh, I was going with the uh, Instagrammer thing. And, you know, it's funny because, like, then I'm not, like, an Instagrammer. I'm not making myself look really pretty or, like, pictures of food all the time or at all. Um, but it's just kind of this, this place that's a really good platform for posting book reviews and posting content that we've created and like episodes of the podcasts and and youtube episodes and then you know you put it in the story and people respond and you can have questions and stuff up there and all of that and it's a really good platform for that but one of the things that i've noticed across a a, a couple a, a good handful of accounts and it's not a it's not a it's not a couple users type thing it's a it's a fairly widespread thing of just uh the the calling out kind of culture the the not the pointing out where others do things wrong, um, and that's not to say that it's it's bad to point out where other people do things wrong. It's just there's a certain there's a certain aspect of it that, um, and we'll get to the 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 how it relates to the title in a second. I'm sure you pieced it together, but um, it's not about it. There's a there's a way to go about doing it, and so what's interesting to me is it's there's. There's a way to go about doing it. Is is it? And uh, I did not take notes for today. I just took some notes, but not like overall notes like I did the last time. And this is a learning experience. But yeah, you know, for instance, uh, one of the one of the big things now is the, the not one of the big things now, and and is calling out Bethel right? You know, Bethel Church. And uh, for those who, who are out of the loop on that, I highly recommend looking up things about it. There's a plethora of things. And the purpose of this is not to point out what Bethel has been doing wrong. It's been done to death. Um, there's a way to go about doing that in, in ways of, you know, asking yourself on every single thing, to what end? And that's it. That's that's a that's the big thing is to what end? To what end am I posting another thing about here is where this person is do this group is doing something wrong? Um, because at a certain point, like, could you imagine if the apostles, the early church, instead of spending time talking about what Jesus did, they spent all of their effort talking about how the the Pharisees and the Jews were getting it wrong? It wasn't about you know, and and one can get that kind of misconstrued in Acts, where if with a reading of Acts, where you read through Acts and you think, wow, they just constantly pointed out where the Jewish people were getting it wrong. But 
that was because that was kind of the point of Acts was to show like, hey, this is kind of a setup of here is how Christianity, if it, this new movement, this new, this new, not new age, um, this, um, the way is the way. Why is this the way? Why are the Jewish people wrong in this sense? And imagine if every single book of the New Testament, though, were then to go on that. And so I think that's a, so, so fitting is there, it's good to have material out there. It's good for every single pastor out there to have teaching on big name churches and where is it they might go wrong. But it's also wrong. For, it would be wrong for them to say pastor air quotes or actual quotes if it's text Bill Johnson and, and and just constantly pointing out the person and not the church or the false teaching. It's that that's where things get iffy, you know, and and so when you've got when you've got a big church where the their influence is is in every church. I think we can all agree that Bethel's influence and and these other churches influences are in our churches. Uh, I coming from the Pentecostal movement, Bethel's influence in Bethel's reach is is so deep into the Pentecostal movement. Uh, they their music is everywhere, and that's uh, we could we could talk all day about that. But um, and so it's important, you know, it's important for me as the as a, a content a big content creator. A, a, quote unquote I you know I thank God for the the reach that he's given me kind of thing where in my calling in that is is not to just constantly be bringing Bethel down as much as it is to be teaching those around me who might not realize where it is that Bethel goes wrong teaching them what it is that is right it's not about te- it's not about pointing out constantly what's wrong it's about pointing out constantly what's right when you know scripture when you know when you know in acts the Bereans, they they were the, there was such a glowing thing that Luke and Paul had about them of, you know, wow, they, they, you, you read that and you see that they, they were definitely like Luke made a point of pointing out how what they did was the correct thing. And um, when they had questions about things, they turned to scripture. When they thought someone was wrong, they turned to scripture. When they, and it wasn't the lead pastor then turned to scripture and then told everybody else, okay, this is what we're doing. It's every single member turned to scripture. And, and that's why, you know, I think that's where the problem is on that regard, but that's a different discussion, but it's important as someone who, who, anyone who has reach to be teaching about, you know, what is the correct teaching on this? What is, you sure Bethel gets it, be careful with Bethel because they teach this, the Bible says this. And then, then you show people where they can look in the Bible about about Bethel to make their own decisions. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, um, you know, there's a difference between straight up heresy and like not quite get understanding doctrine um, and and having their own doctrine and 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 all of that. And really, when you look at when you look at things like Bethel, you know, the the where there. Are, there's a, some things that they get completely wrong, um, 100%, and I'm not condoning what they do, but if you, but it's also not that all, far off. Like it's, I can get how they got where they are, but beating them over the head and you know beating the topic over the head isn't gonna do any good. 
and this that's on the big name right but then you get the smaller name you get the smaller name churches you get the smaller name people you get the people you know i see i see time after time with different people where they get uh, a commenter on one of their instagram pic on one of their pictures and it, yeah it's on instagram but uh one of their pictures uh and Inst you know they might have some kind of dialogue in the comments and you know that that person might not be right who commented they might not be saying like the most loving things they might be way off base they shouldn't maybe not be saying what they're saying but then the response is also like you're you're wrong you know blah 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 or maybe it's a little bit more loving but then you take a screen they take a screenshot of it and put it in their story and say look at this person you know here's another person being dumb um and then there's times where, you know, I see, like, uh, there, one of the biggest examples, and I'm not going to name names because that's so against, you know, what I'm talking about here. And I have had private conversation with these accounts is, um, you know, just a, you know, there, there's that there, a relatively small, small town pastor who has virtually no reach in the overall culture of uh, Christianity culture. Um, who might be teaching some kind of things that are a little bit off base. And uh, what I saw was it was this quote-unquote pastor person. And, you know, and it was, you know, I reached out to the person. And I was like, but, like, you're not reaching out with, like, love and kindness. You're not going with the, the model that's the biblical model that's set out. And, you know, they, they wrote back and they said, no, I think I think that I am, you know. And, um and I, I asked the same thing of them. I asked, to what end? Um, you know, because th this person, this person is a very good person. You know, they're 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 not off base. This 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 account, um, but the the way that they went about posting about it, the way we we need to make sure that the way we go about posting about certain things is biblical um, and in a loving way. Um, you know, there's a way to stick up for the truth and also be loving, you know, there's a way to cover over, you know, and we'll get to that in a second. But, and they said, I disagree. I was gentle and kind with him in conversation. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the approach a lot of people take about it. It's not this one person. And again, I'm not calling this person out specifically. It's just the most recent example. Um, and I said, but to what end is it that you want, do we want to show them love? You know, this is back to us uh, in general. Do we want to show these people love or is it that we want to, um, we want to just expose all the false teachers, you know, we want to just expose all the wrong things and, you know, uh, and when we, when we tag them in things and then we wonder why they block us and then. We say, oh, you know, I'm here for discussion. If you ever want to discuss things and, oh, if you ever want to do this and ever, you know, we, we I want to have discussion. And But it comes across as like, and we have to honestly ask ourselves, and this is this is an individual thing. I can't say that this is this is a thing that this these people aren't doing of is it. Out of vain, out of vain conceit, you know, out of conceitedness of just wanting to show that, oh, I'm doing things right. They're doing things wrong. Look at this. Um, and instead of, you know, and so when I asked to what end, this person responded, uh, the end is the gospel or is the true or is the true gospel not worth fighting for? And that's interesting. And I, 
the way to respond to that is is basically this the true gospel is absolutely worth fighting for but the way that we're supposed to fight for it is by showing it not by telling them how they're not doing it um and so with that in mind you know you look for instance uh let me pull it up real quick uh i didn't was not prepared for this at all um again just woke up from a nap so sorry about that but you know, I do have scriptural things, but I think first we'll we'll go through. Uh, I just finished. Uh, for those of you who follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I just finished uh, a book by Tony Ranke. I think I said his logo. Shut up. Um, I th- I'm not editing this, so you're gonna have to deal with me telling logos to shut up. But um, Tony Ranke, um, I'm. If he listens to this, please tell me if I'm saying your name wrong, bud. Um, he writes, uh, he has the book, 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. Uh, and great book, phenomenal book. And chapter 12, or chapter 11, the 11th thing, is we become harsh to one another. And that's what I'm getting at here is we're becoming harsh to one another. And so he says here uh, on page 165, likewise, there's a process for conf- confronting church leaders who have sinned. And it begins with a method to authenticate accusations and then calls for sins to be addressed in accordance with denominational processes and trials. Instagram is not a denomination, in case you were wondering. That's my aside. It goes on. In every case, scripture, not social tools, guides the process. So putting it on Instagram is, is, is not what should guide the process. Continue. When it comes to confronting the sin of any believer or pastor in our lives, the private scriptural process must be respected even when it unfolds slowly. The key to the entire process is calling italicies. A few people who are in proximity and are called in to address a certain case. Sins and failures should be handled face to face between the wrongdoer and the person wronged along with the witnesses all under the discretion of a local church. For those of us who are not called into a situation, the majority of us, our script calls for us to take the very countercultural posture of self-restraint of not talking about the sins in question. We cover over sins not so they can fester in silence, but so that those called to the situation can deal with those sins in the light of God's script. In fact, as the script makes clear, the conclusions of two or three believers who are called into a particular situation bear far greater weight in God's eyes than those of two or three hundred people filled with anger frothing up one another in Facebook comments. And so with that, what I'm, what I'm getting at, and again, because I'm not, I want to stress that because I'm not bringing, the way I'm doing this, I'm not bringing up this person directly. Uh, this person, if they're listening, will know who they are. I'm going to send them this audio, and we're going to continue to have private conversation about it. But um, the, there's the public aspect of it where because this is Instagram and they're an Instagram or I'm an Instagram or we both fall under this. I feel like there's a position here now where it's not that I'm bringing up their sins so that we can all just go, ooh, look at them. It's let's make sure that we're not doing this uh, in general. Um, but, you know, where where he says those who are called, you know, where, with with small town pastors, especially there's there's the local church you on instagram are not the local church for them they have their own body 
And so whether or not you agree with what they're teaching, the way you go about it is one, by not discussing it at all in terms of them, but instead by loving them, you know, you, oh crap, um, you, by loving them. And um, when, you, when you show them love, when you, when you show them love, by, the way to show them love is by not bringing up and not, especially not tagging them in these stories where the whole per to what end did you post about it in your story to what end do you post about it on your on your page to what end are you inciting constant conversation about it in circles where none of you are going to be able to decide what happens there nobody ever has been changed by by constant just confrontation public confrontation about it you know there's a difference between showing the right thing and single singling singling people out singling the the potential false teachers out and doing it for the sake of the gospel the gospel is not the, the gospel is not the the arguments the 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 gospel is not the things that are right as much the, the gospel is Jesus. The gospel is what Jesus did on the cross. The gospel is is the good news that comes out of that. So if you're doing this to what end, and if you say to what end, and you you ask yourself that, and the the answer you give yourself is well for the gospel. Understand that the gospel is Jesus dying on the cross. So how is you posting anything in terms of it? In terms of you know direct going direct at them and saying. Um, you know, oh, look at, look at this person. Look at that. You know, that's what that. This is the interpretation. Is look at this person. Look at what they're saying. This quote unquote pastor. This 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 false teacher. We need to we need to be getting away from that. Don't listen to them. Nobody knew who they were beforehand. You know, when you get with things like Bethel, yeah, there's a larger part. But again, it's it's about showing the people that you have been called to lead over to show them, hey. This is where they get a little bit off base, and we need to make sure that we're we're being diligent about making sure that we're not, you know, falling into that trap. That we're not, and what is the trap, you know? And so, but otherwise, if it's if it's you know a single person, if and so it's a countercultural, and it's it's the very essence. It's the very very essence of turn the other cheek. So. Different example, if someone comments on my Instagram feed, on my, one of my pictures, like, oh, this picture sucks, instead of acting them on my story and or and in a response, and uh, instead of, like, just going, oh, look at this person, and when they block me, go, oh, this person blocked me, ha, 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 you just ignore it. Ignore it. Show them love. Just, you know, if they say, oh, this picture really sucks, just be like, hey, man. Sorry, you feel that way. I hope you have a good day. Because what did the what does the Bible say? And I don't have the exact reference here, but the Bible the Bible basically points out in different places that when we show love to our enemies, that's the very thing that's going to tear them down. The gospel is one hundred percent worth fighting for. How do we fight for it with love? And love is not dragging your brother down in the mud. And 
when I when I brought that up, when I brought the dragging through the mud, the response I got was, well, I'm not dragging them through the mud. And I think that's, I, I'm not bringing this up again to single this person out. I think that's a, a wide ranging belief nowadays because that's what our culture says. Our culture says that when you, when you gossip, when you slander, and I'm going to get to that in a second, but when you slander people, that that's, that's part of culture. That's normal. You're not, you're not, um, you're not dragging through them through the mud. You're just, you're just saying the truth. And so that, that brings me to the next part that Tony, to the next part in the book um, that Tony is talking about, where he, he says that Tim Keller and David Paulson define slander as not necessarily a false report, just an against report. The intent is to belittle another, to pour out contempt, to mock, to hurt, to harm, to destroy, to rejoice in purported evil. Slander is not a public debate over ideas or a public rebuke of false teaching. We can certainly debate ideas and doctrine in public as long as we are fair and principled and represent our opponent's views with clarity and charity. What James chapter 4 verse 11 through 12 warns against is attacking a person's motives. Hold up, I lost my place. Sorry. Um is attacking a person's motives and character so that the listener's respect and love for the person is undermined. What warns against is attacking a person's motives and character so the listener's respect and love for the other person is uh, is undermined. Sorry, I read that weird the first time. Um, in his comments on James chapter 4, verse 11 through 12, written long before the advent of the iPhone, Pastor R. Kent Hughes said, Personally, I can think of a few commands that go against commonly accepted conventions more than this. Most people think it is okay to convey negative information if it is true. We understand that lying is immoral, but is passing along damaging truth immoral? It seems almost a moral responsibility. This is why the biblical definition of slander is countercultural to the smartphone generation. By such reasoning, criticism behind another's back is thought to be alright as long as it's true. Likewise, denigrating gossip of course, it is never called gossip, is okay if the information is true. Thus, many believers use truth as a license to righteously diminish others' reputations. What is done in the name of exposing truth with the single goal of undermining someone's character is an expression of slander. Unless confronted, James chapter 4, verse 11 through 12 warns fault finders and fault spreaders eventually take their seats as rogue judges who stand over the law. In their impatience and cynicism regarding standards and processes, these fault finders can become the law, judge, and jury in order to pronounce guilt and dispense retribution against a wrongdoer. Such impulses attract online mobs that can quickly heap collective shame. The act of exposing dirt on someone's rare, uh, the act of exposing dirt on someone rarely stops with whistleblowing and expose, but typically moves quite naturally into a collective vendetta that leverages mass online outrage to see document documentable harm done to the wrongdoer but god prevents the wounded from becoming the wounders to do this his script often cuts against the grain of conventional wisdom and it always cuts against the impulses of our flesh humility calls us to follow a script of counter-revolution in the midst of a wikileaks generation in this age of people ratings whistleblowing and cover cover up exposing we have been given a countercultural script we must follow when dealing with the dirt we have on others and so when you see someone on Instagram doing something that's wrong, instead of pointing them out and showing how are they doing something wrong and tagging them and saying, you're doing something wrong, I'm going to put it up for everybody to see. It's, it's about doing something like this. And I, I, I understand that some can see this as, and I, I, 
I pray that it's it. I'm doing what's right here, but I understand that some can take this to be the same thing. But it's my goal here is not to 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 bring someone down. It's not to I don't I don't care uh, to bring this person down. I don't want to see this person brought down. My end here is the gospel in the sense of I want to show love to this person. I absolutely respect them. I absolutely am going to continue to follow them. I won't tell others not to follow them. I'm not going to tag them in my story and with the private conversation and say, haha, look at this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do any of that. That's not to what end, to what end is that? That's just wanting to show how you're better than them. That's to show how you're above the law. That's to, you're not, you, you become the law when you do that, you know? And when we're not the pastor, when we're not in that pastor's corner, you know, it's it's the same thing. It's it's along with what I, I learned about when I dropped uh, Twitter for the most part. I still check Twitter from time to time, but there used to be a time where I was big into politics. And uh, I realized I was big into politics because of what Twitter told me I should be big into politics about. And so with the age of information, we all have so much information that we think is so important. At the end of the day, I can have all the information about the current president. I can have all the information about Beth. I can have all the information about the random pastor in the middle of nowhere who commented on my Instagram feed. And I can pull up all of that dirt and talk about it with everyone. To what end? Because in the same way with, with politics, you can know everything there is to know about a given concept. And I'm not saying that we, we should just turn a blind eye to politics. There's those who, you know, there's those in that, that area who know what they're doing and we trust them. And No, you know what's going on in politics. Know the situations. Know what you believe. In the same way with Christianity, more so with your religion. Um, I'm not saying, you know, it's, it's the same as saying like, oh, you know, there's pastors and theologians who, who know what they believe and teach me what I should believe and and they do that I do what I do which is just come to church on Sunday that's wrong too you know um know what you believe know why you believe it read the bible know things but ultimately at the end of the day the most important thing is the gospel and the gospel is Jesus Christ dying on the cross and when you understand that any type of bringing someone down through the mud is just not good you understand it's not good. It's 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 so clear that it's not good. And I'm not saying that these people who are who are doing this, who are doing what I'm calling out currently, um, do not read the Bible. I trust that they read the Bible. I'm just I'm just pointing out that guys, maybe the way forward, maybe the way we should we we do this now from now on is is instead of. Um, Instead of trying to say, like, trying to point out every single false teacher, we just teach what's right. If we just teach what's right, and at times if someone, if a person in our congregation comes up to us and says, hey, I saw this, and uh, what do you think on it? That's where you can give the opinion of, you know, that's a little bit off base, and, you know, look at this, this, and this, and, you know, how does this reconcile with this? And So if someone were to come up to me and say, hey, how do you feel about this? I might say, you know... There's times where we need to be careful with this, this, and that, but otherwise they're they're clearly biblical and all of that. And so, for instance, take for instance John Piper's uh, response to N.T. Wright, uh, "The Future of Justification" is the, his book on that. Now, I disagree with what John Piper wrote. Now, I don't fully. I, I agree with what he wrote. I'm glad he wrote it. I just think that Piper uh, Wright also believed that. But that's a entirely different conversation, and uh, we're I digress. But it was a book that clearly had N.T. Wright's name on it. He was clearly responding to N.T. Wright. But the whole way through, it was very clear that Piper was seeing both sides. And when we when we just 
if Piper were to put on his Instagram story, like, oh, look at what N.T. Wright's writing this week, ha 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 ha, this, this theologian, <laughs> quote-unquote, man, N.T. Wright would never have wanted to write a response. He would just block John Piper, and we'd all just move on with our lives. Nothing would change. But then there was a really good dialogue on justification, and N.T. Wright wrote a response, and there were uh, onstage debates between someone who represented John Piper and N.T. Wright, and I still have to completely dive into that whole thing, but that's that's how you handle that kind of thing on the on the, the grand scheme of things. And when it comes to small town things, ultimately, guys, we're, we're all the church. We're all the church, and we, we don't want to see someone who someone else who believes that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's that's it. That's the thing we believe. We don't want to we don't want to say we don't want to drag them down. We don't want to drag them down so we can look loftier. And so now I you know I went this whole way without really referencing the Bible, and so I do have a couple verses here that stood out to me in this regard. Um, and so just give me one second here. Sorry for my creaky chair. Um, so in Acts chapter 17, verse 24, uh, where this is where Paul is talking to the the Athen people, the Athenians, are they? Where the, 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 yeah, the unknown God. Um, he goes, What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. And then verse 24 comes in. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. That's important. That's one of the important parts, but I'll continue. Since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. So the big thing there is as though he needed anything. He's not served by human hands as though he needed anything. He doesn't need anything. He is God. Um, and what I took out of that in this instance is that that means that God doesn't need us to be pointing out these people's faults. And there's ways that he set out for us to be doing that. You know, you look in First Timothy where, you know, he talks about uh, that to a degree and uh, I believe it's in first Timothy chapter 5 just give me a second here um, you know what I can't find it so I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to the next one which is in Galatians chapter 6. Um, Galatians chapter 6 Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression You who are spiritual should restore him In a spirit of gentleness Keep watch on yourselves Lest you too be tempted Bear one another's burdens And so fulfill the law of Christ For if anyone thinks he is something When he is nothing, he deceives himself But let each one test his own work And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone And not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. And so it's it's interesting, and I don't know exactly how to reconcile the the, the two parts there, but you know, the, the interesting thing to me there, the thing that's so clear to me and throughout is just the if anyone is caught in any transgression, restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Gentleness is not putting them up on blast. And then he says, Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. 
bear one another's burdens. When, when we bear one another's burdens, what does that mean? That means that despite the fact that someone might be wrong, we're bearing their burden. We're brothers. We're sisters. We're in Christ. We're one. You know, when we, we talk about, I, I keep saying we, right? And that's because even with things like Bethel, there's a we. We are the body of Christ. Um, when we bear one another's burden, we fulfill the law of Christ. And so if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So if you let each one test his own work, then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. And so that's interesting because it's saying, I, I get it now on that second read through of just for each will have to bear his own load. But it's just saying that we have to bear each other's burdens. Why? So that we test each other's work. We're coming together. We're bearing each other's burdens. And then there are reason to boast is on each other. But we can't boast on each other if we're, we're bringing people down. Additionally, there's three different locations in Proverbs, at least, that talk about this. So, Proverbs 10, uh, 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Additionally, you've got Proverbs 11, 12 through 13. Which I'm, I'm just going to scroll to that because that's easier. 12 and 13. Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. And then finally, you've got Proverbs 17, 9, which says that whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. So when we want to seek love, when we want to do that, we, we, we privately talk to these people. There's, there's methods set out for how do we how do we do this there's there's biblical standard there and so we allow the local church to take care of it we allow those around them we allow those who are called those who are called are those who have an influence on that person's life we allow them to have the discussion and then from there you know if you if you have the ability to reach out to them and have dialogue then yes you reach out and you have dialogue but if they, they turn a blind eye, you just you allow that to happen. And again, so again, this is not to say that because they turned a blind eye to me, and I'm not saying that they did. It's just uh, I didn't respond to their last point, and it was because I wanted to record this to have a dialogue about the underlying thing, not with the per not the specific person. It's not so that's it. You know, it's 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 about let's have a dialogue about the 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 thing not the person. So when we when we say you know false teaching, let's talk about the false teaching, not the teacher, right? And so that that's just that's one of those interesting things to me about that. And um yeah, and so I think I think it's just important to constantly ask to what end. The end here is just the uh, the end of this podcast here. To the what is the end here? What is the thing that I'm seeking out? I'm seeking out unity. I'm seeking out where we instead of trying to constantly mention people and say, "Oh, look at what this person's doing wrong," we we cover it. We say, "No, I look your this is between one you and God, and then whoever you have sinned against, right?" And so I can point out, you know, hey, you. You may have sinned against this person. Now this is between them. But 
outside of that, there's not much I can do besides now tell everybody else what is the right teaching? What is the right way to go about things? The gospel is Jesus Christ die on the cross. He is now Lord. That is the He is now King. That is the gospel. The gospel is the fact that we are saved. All who believe in him. It's not all who believe in him and teach the right things. And therefore, I need to go up and, and make sure... Well, yes, it is who teach the right things. Teaching the right things is very important. And I'm, I, I misspoke there. Funny, given my first podcast. but uh, My first episode. But... It's, you know, it's not that we're not saved when we are making sure that what's saving us is not going through and making sure that we're eradicating all false teachers or because what you're doing there is you're not showing love. And that is what, you know, we're supposed to we're supposed to come to these people with the spirit of Christ and the spirit of Christ is kindness, gentleness, self-control, all of that. And so the culture is telling us to constantly be bringing this dirt up, to constantly be, to at people and say, oh, look at what this person is doing. Look at what this person is doing. Instead of saying, this is what's happening. This is what's this is what should be happening. And in a broad sense, you know. We have, we have people among us who are teaching potentially, you know, kind of false teaching on healing, let's say. And that's one of the big ones is like, oh, these people are saying like, oh, that Jesus will heal all things. And like, we should expect healing. And, you know, there's a certain aspect of it where we, it is wrong, yes, to teach that healing. If we don't have healing, that it means that we've done something wrong and that Jesus, God is holding something from us. But if, if it's not that God, it's, we know it's not God is holding something from us. It's not that we've done something wrong. It's just that sometimes there, there's just not going to be healing on earth. And so it's important to teach that, not teach, look at this person who's teaching that heal, we should expect healing. And if we're not, we're doing something wrong. But rather, healing is not, the healing that's talked about in the Bible is, is almost never going to be on this earth. It's going to be in heaven. And should we expect, when we pray for something, should we expect it? Absolutely, because otherwise we don't have belief. The Bible talks very clearly. Jesus talks about that. But outside of that, you know, we don't, the healing is, so for instance, I have ADHD. I don't know if you knew this. I may have mentioned it a couple times, but I have ADHD. There is, I can keep praying and I can believe that Jesus will heal me. And I forget where it is, but there there's a one part in the Bible that I just love. I can't remember if it's in the Gospels or in one of the epistles, but it's like, um, expect healing. When you are healed, do this. But if you are not, and so it's it's like, expect healing. You'll get healing. When you get healing, it's not... If you maybe if God feels it's in your cards, you'll get healing. It's you will get healing. But on the flip side, it's but if you don't, because it's also preparing for the fact that like, yes, you should have absolute belief, but also understand that if healing doesn't come, it's not because you've done something wrong. Um, and so we can teach all day long on that, on the truth, on the it, teaching. The truth does not equal is not teaching is not pinpointing those who are doing wrong that is not teaching the teaching the truth is not pinpointing those who are doing wrong teaching the truth is showing what is the truth the truth is that jesus christ died on the cross for our sins we are forgiven hallelujah because otherwise we'd all be screwed and so with that that's the end of this episode um i don't i'm not going to put in any kind of promotions i decided i did the first episode with an ad um 
I'm not about that. I'm really not. Uh, that's not to say that those who are Christian podcasts that do have ads, who do try to get monetization, they're wrong. It's just that's not what I feel is necessary. Um, and so what is the takeaway from this? Anytime you're going to post something, ask to what end? To what end? What is, what is it that I want to come out of this? Is it that I want to see this person do better? Is it that I want to see people understand what is the truth? Or is it that I want to bring this person down to make myself look really good? And on that, God bless everyone. Where is the pause? Thank you.